Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Mind Soulful Show, where mindfulness meets heart and soul. We're talking all things soulful, mindfulness, mindset, and manifestation. Have you ever heard of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming? Well, if you haven't or if you have, you're in for such a treat. Today on my show, I have Adele Anderson. She is going to relate to us information about her near-death experience that sparked her on the path of understanding how our brains work, how we always have access to choice, the power of thoughts, and what NLP is capable of doing when, of course, we put our minds to it. You're in for a great show. Tune in. Welcome to the Mind Soulful Show, where mindfulness meets your heart and soul. I'm your host, Brooke Sidney. I'm an abundance accelerator, mind soulful mentor, and an inner voice and soul story coach. This show dives deep into soulful mindfulness, mindset, and manifestation. It will help you manifest more inner and outer abundance in the form of greater self-love, hearing your inner voice, as well as more presence, freedom, ease, and greater self-confidence in you being you. So if you're looking to learn more about the high vibe tools of mindfulness, mindset and manifestation to love the life you are presently living you are tuned into the right show hello and welcome to today's episode of the mind soulful show where mindfulness meets heart and soul we chat all things soulful mindfulness mindset and manifestation today i am so excited i have adele anderson with us she's coming to us from canada and she is a neurolinguistics programming nlp coach a destiny life coach and so much more welcome welcome adele thank you so much for joining us i'm very excited to be here and thanks for asking me brooke sydney this is a great moment it's one of my passionate subjects i'm looking forward to the session So I love your background. Um, Could you share more about your background, your story, and even your entrepreneurial career? Absolutely. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur for almost my entire adult life. From the age of about 26, I started uh, a restaurant, which I knew nothing about. I thought it was going to be a great deal of fun. And it turned out to be one of my greatest achievements. We actually took a restaurant that was doing about $400 a day up to $8,000 a day. Wow. And and that was what really set me on my journey uh, of serving people. We, we go through life and we have uh, a need to give back in some way. And so it was funny when I actually got the gist of what the restaurant was about. It was the connection with the people and it was about feeding people. Mm. But the, my turning point story that sent me on my mindfulness journey actually happened right at that time when I was 27. I was out flying with a friend on a beautiful sunny day without a care in the world. And I felt the plane sort of, you know, nosedive towards the river below. And the pilot indicated he was going to do what we call a skip and go, which means he was going to allow his pontoons to hit the surface of the water and then he would throw the plane back up. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. But what happened was he left the landing gear down. And when that plane hit the surface of the water, it flipped. Oh, my gosh. It flipped so fast. I saw him go under. I went to take a breath of air and my mouth filled with water. So within a nanosecond, I was upside down, out of breath, 
with a mouthful of water. It was dark, it was cold, it was confusing. The plane was spinning in the current and I um, couldn't get out. I was trapped. Oh no. Yeah, so that sort of happened for a period of time. It was Einstein's theory of relativity where time ceased to exist in my reality. Don't know how long I was under, but enough that my oxygen was leaving my body. I felt myself separate. I had a near-death experience and my life began to flash in front of my eyes. Hundreds of millions of pictures from the moment of my birth all the way through my death. And inside my mind, those pictures moved beyond my death. And I saw our local police officers walking through my parents' front yard up their big red brick stairs and knocking on the door. And my parents answered the door and I could see their facial expressions change from curiosity to realization to horror. And in that moment inside my mind, I saw my mother drop to the floor and she screamed. It's been 30 years, it still makes me close to tears. It was that moment of hearing her scream inside my mind that snapped me back into my reality that I was upside down drowning in a plane that had crashed and overturned in water. Wow. I made a choice at that point. I said, I am not going to die today. And that set in motion a remarkable experience, which changed my perception of the world forever. All of those pictures that were going forward in time started to go back Oh, wow. Okay. In reverse, just like an old time ticker tape movie, little individual screens back in time, hundreds of thousands of images. And then it stopped on a movie that I had watched a decade or more before. I didn't know the name of the movie or the actors or the scene that came before or the ones that would follow. But the image that was front and center inside my mind gave me all the information that I needed to escape a plane that had crashed and overturned in water. Wow. So I'm here to say, even in life's most dire circumstances, out of breath, out of time, we still have the ability to make choice. Mm. And I, I really found that a turning point in my life that anything was possible. And our minds are so incredibly powerful that um, it sent me on the quest to find out how, if I could access that within a dying mind, why couldn't I access that every single day? <laughs> wow. So what you're referring to, and first of all, like that experience is, oh my gosh, like I was feeling, I was with you when you were describing it, especially um, at the point when the police were at your mother's house. So it was very, I can only imagine having that experience, seeing that in your mind. And thankfully you've known how to process that experience and use that experience for your growth and for your good. And I really find it interesting that you're saying that we always have access to choice. We can always choose. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So our subconscious brain it works at a huge processing power, right? We have 100 to 120,000 miles per hour. So when I talked about time standing still, I really recognized that I'd switched from my neocortex 100 to 120 miles an hour and booted up my subconscious mind where all of our memories are stored. 
So that switch in time, I believe, was why time stood still. But within that, the only purpose for the subconscious mind is to keep us alive. Physiologically, it takes care of our heart rate, our respiration, metabolic action, our body temperature, everything, you know, cellular exchange, everything that makes us stay alive. So that's its main purpose. And its other purpose is to do exactly what we ask. So by me asking for information of how to escape a plane that had crashed and overturned in water, it sourced that information from my memories. And if we could consider that from the moment of, that we become conscious, our mind is downloading everything that we see, taste, hear, feel kinesthetically or emotionally and, um, and smell. So, and intuition, all of our sensory information is downloaded and stored. I call it our universal university, like a huge library. So when we ask a question, we ask it like we would ask a small child. Clear, concise questioning. And then we, we see the flip coin. We see the I can't, the I'm not good enough. I don't know how to do this. I don't know enough. And we realize that the mind cannot process that. We've asked it to do nothing because we've told it that there is no option. So when my clients come and they have a generalization where they say it is a certain way, that belief system has inhibited their mind's ability to source, to be creative, to find solutions. And so they feel stuck. There, of course, is other things that hold back this ability for us to have choice. Well, that is, I want, I want us to dig in a little bit deeper um, and really um, pull this nugget out because one of the things that you said, first of all, about the subconscious brain is that it is where, it's the thing that keeps us alive, all of that good stuff. But I think for like the listeners that are really into mindfulness and um, manifestation even, I think it's so, so powerful that you said it actually does exactly as we ask it. Completely. So when, I, when I'm talking with my clients, I say, talk to your mind as if it was a two-year-old. Wow. You know, go, go to your bedroom and get your pink rabbit and bring it to me. Right, contained rise. These are all words that our brain doesn't know what to do with it. It's you're giving it conflicting information. So we say, don't try. You either do or you That's don't. So powerful because I think that most of us, especially coaches, I'm you know I'm a coach and a mentor, and so are you. We know that our our speech, our self talk, the, you know the way that we interact with ourselves, the messages can function um, to either help us or hurt us. And we create um, the negative self-talk, which you're kind of talking about the I can'ts, I, you know, I'm not worthy or I'm not enough, whatever those things are, the stop words. I love that. The stop words. I'm stealing that. Yeah, <laughs> that is actually making our brain go, what the heck? It's actually, it can't do anything with that. That is 
that's such powerful information, I think. Yeah. And it's obeying you. Mm. That's the key is the mind is doing what it thinks you want. So when you give it an I can't, it believes that's what you want. And of course, there's deeper information here. It is our belief systems. You know, it is our bias, our everything that we've learned as we become domesticated. Uh, you know, we, we come through this world with the wounds and I, you know, I give it a, an analogy of a string of pearls. You know, every event in our life is attached. And if you think of uh, an experience that in some way stuck with an emotional sticky neuropeptide, little emotional baggage hanging in there. Right. That it's kind of like if you think of your car filter and you stick anger in there and you stick sadness and guilt and resentment and pretty soon your car isn't working so well. So we would take it into the, you know, the car shop and we would get a new filter put on and, and everything would be fine. But if you think of the same thing happening within our mind that we become this funnel that's filled with all this garbage and then we try to, and there's a try word, mm -hmm. then we, you know, we do something that we want for ourselves and it gets stuck and clogged and inhibited within all of the baggage that we're hanging on to. But with NLP, we can actually clear all that stuff out. That was going to be my next question. So... Mm -hmm. Um, this is really powerful information about our mind and especially about our subconscious. And, you know, obviously people that lend themselves to teachings around manifestation, a lot of people know how powerful the mind is and calling in things and the mind's interplay with the universe. But I want to talk about NLP or neuro-linguistic programming. I'd love for you to explain kind of to our listeners what that is. Okay. Well, it was developed in about the 70s. There was a bunch of scientists, psychologists, cybernetics, uh, linguistic people that got together and created this field of neurolinguistics programming. And it's a unique model that gives us structure. It teaches us how people learn, how they motivate themselves, how we can change behavior and actually strive for excellence. So we can actually download and I can give you an example. It was done with the U.S. Army during the Gulf War. So we can download the excellence of others and make it our own. So I do this with golfers or basketball players. They want to be good. I say, well, go and watch a video of your favorite player and then come in and I will do an NLP process and we'll draw all that information out and we'll download it into your brain. And then they go out onto the court or onto the, the golf course and they just pick the club up differently and, and they excel at their sports techniques. So here is a story that was done for the Gulf War. It was a bunch, the army needed a bunch of sharpshooters and they were not getting the results that they wanted over a six week period. And don't quote me exactly. I think it was about an 8% pass rate. Okay. So the, the generals, the big guys in charge, they got a hold of um, Tony Robbins. So Tony Robin Guru right. is an NLP, NLP master. That's what he does, right? And then they got a hold of Richard Brandler, who is one of the founders of NLP. And they said, this is the problem. Do you think that you can 
get a solution for us? And they said, absolutely. So they gathered all the sharpshooter experts and they studied them. So they did an NLP process for themselves. They saw how they were, how they sat, how their respiration was, what their focus was, how they held the, the gun, what they did up to the minutest moments of being in their state of excellence. And then they went back into the classroom and they ran an NLP process that downloaded that information through a state of meditation and our senses, because this is how we learn with NLP and how we learn at 100 to 120,000 miles per hour is through our sensory expression. So we describe it through what we see, what we taste, what we smell, what we feel kinesthetically and emotionally, what we hear. This is, this is the NLP process of making that real within the mind. The results were staggering. So within six days, they would have something like a 90% pass rate. Wow. Yeah. That's remarkable. So, so this is just one story, and you can find that one on the internet quite easily. But NLP has that ability for us to accelerate learning, change and motivate behavior, and in increase the ability for us to learn. I mean, there is so much more that I could say about NLP. I have seen remarkable changes in behavior with even five-year-olds. Wow. Okay. I've seen people let go of lifetime of hurt and anger. I've seen clients come in who are, you know, having struggles with their spouse and maybe there wasn't a, I'm going to say there was uh, one of my clients came because found his partner on uh, a dating site. Don't know what he was doing there, <laughs> <laughs> but he was really upset and he was angry and he came and I said, well, you want to get rid of that so you can have a clear conversation with your other half. And he said, yes. So I ran an NLP process with him and then the neural pathway within the mind gets disconnected when we run these processes. So then I ask them to think about the event. So go back in and think about what it's like to see your partner on uh, the screen. And they just can't find it. It no longer exists. Wow. I can tell you more about why as we move oh. along. Why well, I'm very I'm Yeah, I'm very curious as to I think we're I think you were starting to touch and touch upon it, but for people that um, are new to it and curious about it, what are, the, what are your clients mostly coming to you to use the NLP process for? I mean, obviously it sounds like getting rid of anger, um, you know, maybe having a moment of pause so that you don't overreact, but the people that are working with you maybe longer term, perhaps, what are some of the issues that they're using NLP to overcome? Divorce. Okay. Stress. Relationship issues. Um, sometimes it's because someone's died and they're in, they're in a grieving process, behavioral issues with children. Mm. Yeah. So there can be an unlimited amount of mental, emotional clarity that can re be resulted by removing when we have something that's hurt us in some way, that's attached to a memory, then it drags us down. 
whether it's created a belief system that we're a certain way or that it's just that we feel that we're not good enough, we, that we feel that we're, you know, we go through life sad. I, one of my last clients, she had been diagnosed with cancer early in her life and she was given the, you know, the toe tag, you know, go home and get your, get your things in order. Oh, wow. She's not going to be here very long. And 25 year, years later, she's, you know, she's healthy and happy. But that incredible sadness that entered her at that point where she had four young kids and she did not want to die. And when we went back through a timeline exercise, again, another NLP process where we can go forward and back in time in our mind and rewrite the story. It, it went straight to that event. And this, and this is so poignant that, you know, within, a, within the mind, I can send you back in time. And immediately she started to cry. And I thought, okay, well, this is, you know, an event that happened 25 years ago, but you can see the emotions are as if it happened yesterday. Wow. When we have these emotions locked inside our body, it interrupts our, our experience of the world today. Everything filters through that sadness. So we see life within the glazed picture of sadness. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So it's, it sounds like basically any challenge, problem, learning thing, anything that's associated with your mind as well as your emotions could be served um, by having an NLP process done. I'm curious as to um, how long does it take for you usually to see results? Is this something that, you know, you do one process with the client and all of a sudden, you know, they, they see and look at the world differently. That filter that you've just been talking about becomes clearer <laughs> or removed, or does it require like a month's worth of sessions or, you know, how does that work? What's a normal time frame for change or transformation? Good question. So it, it varies for everyone. With NLP, I am wanting to talk directly to the subconscious mind. So it's a different language. I'd mentioned uh, what we see, smell, taste, hear, and feel kinesthetically and emotionally. So we're talking about sensory types of talk. But also the decision-making process happens within the subconscious brain. The speed is there. The neocortex, our greatest, latest invention, you know, gives us a lot of great tools, always wants to question everything, right? It always has a better answer. It's always trying to figure it out. So I want to buy- Is that where the ego resides? I I believe that it probably (laughs) has part of the the (laughs) issue there. But for example, if I was to say to you, I probably don't have to know you to tell you this because you already know. I can bypass this critical thinker because I've told your brain that you already know this. You don't have to worry about Mm. it. So I have to use certain language, but also I have to know how your mind works individually. So I look for magic words. I look for your decision-making process. I look for your meta model and your meta programs that are running in the back of the mind. So for me to find that information takes about 30 minutes. And I simply ask you questions. Quite often it's about the things that you love to do. And you will start to see words repeat themselves 
I'll ask questions like for decision-making processes. If, if someone is moving away from something, for example, they're moving away from being ill, it's more fear-based where people that are moving towards something is more exciting. Okay. But it's a natural process of our mind. So I will hold up two pens here. One has a little clicky thing, <laughs> a little thing that you can clip on the side of your shirt. And the other one is just a straight cylinder. So if I was to ask you, Brooke Sydney, which are these the same or are they different? I think they look different. There you go. So for example, if your son thought these were the same, can you see how you would miscommunicate? Right. Right. So these are, again, processes that I need to know. For example, if I wanted someone to join one of my programs, I better make sure that they are a team player or they like to be in a group. Mm -hmm. If they're the person that wants to play chess or go off and play their music in a room alone, if they're a, an independent thinker versus a group thinker, then I'm going to completely turn them off and I'm not going to get the results that I want because I'm asking them to do something that's completely contrary to their natural decision-making process in the brain. Wow. So that, that's the first step to the NLP session for the short version. Um, so it's like, so there's one, there's one session, but I'm just curious as to how many, how many sessions do you think, um, or how many sessions in your experience where you've seen clients transform after you have, like, I guess it sounds the initial session where you're understanding more about them and how their brain works. Mm -hmm. If I'm doing timeline, I can move right into it. And timeline's a powerful process where we move between the past and the future to uh, dissolve neural pathways that are inhibiting painful emotional baggage and then taking the experience and the gratitude and the resources forward into the future and then bringing the younger self forward. It's a very cool process. I can do that in one session. As long as I know a few little things like the towards and away, there's a few things that I really need to know. In general, I like a minimum of five sessions. And I'll give you an example for um, Michelle, who you know. She brought her son to me. And this is how we actually met. And he was five at the time. And there was some something happening within the community that had interrupted a lot of small, like the kindergarten class. Okay. They were talking about suicide. And, you know, it was a very shocking thing wow. for the parents. You can't imagine, right? So this happy, normal little guy, all of a sudden his behavior changed and he became quite self-destructive. And she brought him to me and he was bouncing on all the furniture, jumping on her, hitting her, slapping her. Oh. And, and this was not him up until that point. So it wasn't until the third session that I got him. So the first two sessions was just watching him. We could do a few little things. He did very well with meditation. Kids do. You want to get the metaphors in there, which I'll, we can talk about that in a second. But on the third day, I, I did a, a new code exercise with him which is a chart that I have in my office that has uh, five different words 
across and it's about 10 rows deep. And there's only three words that keep repeating and it's red, green, and blue. And each one of those words is colored the wrong color. Mm. So red might be blue color, green might be red, and blue might be green. So what we're doing with behavioral therapy in neurolinguistics programming is phenomenal. And it's based in neuroscience. We, we know now that behavior and emotion is connected to physiology. So for example, when you're angry, you feel it physically, right? right? Maybe your chest is tight, your tummy is tight. You might even have a headache. Your body temperature could be either colder or hotter. There might be a whole ball of wax that goes with that emotion of anger. So we can talk about anger, but not a lot changes. But what we realize now is the physiology, we can change quite easily. So what we do is we do a two-part process on focus, finding color as a identification within the brain is a two-step process. For adults, we, we're looking at a word that we can read and then we can't, we're not supposed to say the word, we're supposed to tell the color. Okay. So we read it like a book and we say the colors, boom, 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 boom. And there's about 70 and then you're done the first round. The second round, when the color is red, you're supposed to raise your right hand. When the color is blue, you raise your left hand. When the color is green, you clap. You do the whole round again. On the third round, you add the opposite leg. So oh, wow. right, right <laughs> hand, left. So it's kind of like doing YMCA, right? right. It's, it's like a little aerobics class. Uh, when it's green, you jump and you clap at the same time. So you're wondering why. <laughs> so the, the purpose is to change the physiology, right? So for a little kid, he's already in the state. He's misbehaving. So I don't have to run the process of actually bringing to his consciousness how he feels. With an adult, I have to ask you to think about it. Oh, wow. Okay. And we run a process, again, using the five senses to make that real within your body so you can really feel it. And then we step into another zone within the room, which is neutral. And then we step into the work, which is in front of the chart. And we run this process, three revolutions of it. So the first one, just saying the color, the second one, adding the arms and the third one, adding the arms and legs. And what results is you're going to increase your respiration. Your heartbeat is going to increase. Your body temperature is going to increase. Your focus is completely trained on saying the color, not the word. So this task changes your physiology. And quite often people laugh because they feel funny. You know, they're doing this and they're, right. you know, they're even, oh, making a mistake. Just keep going. And they're dancing through this little game. Well, when they're finished, I take them back through neutral and back into trying to relive or revisit, bring back to their attention the state that was bothering them. And it's not there. Because the neural pathway was connected with the old physiology. Mm. So the new physiology is now present 
and this neural pathway dissolves. So in that particular thing, people can do that in one session. If you want a specific thing taken care of. Okay. Okay. So there's a difference between someone who's coming to work through a process and then move forward with, if you want to call it higher learning, manifestation, clarity, purpose, then that happens over time, which coaching proves that that right. continual effort towards something is your greatest gift. That's, that's really interesting. So one of the things I was thinking about as you brought this up is kind of like the child's mind and the adult's mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I definitely have clients and I know people where they're finding it difficult to access their feelings. And you, and one of the things that you said was like, well, with the, with, with the five-year-old, they're immediately able to, they're in the feeling they're there. They're, they're present in that emotion and that feeling, that, that feeling expression. That's the best way I can say it. They're in touch with it. How do, how do you get access to those feelings, right? To create that, those connections, meaning like to go, to be able to even get to that stage, right? So for a child, of course, if they come in and they misbehave, then we run the game. <laughs> but the, the results from doing that is tremendous. Like in this child's situation, he completely dissolved his anger in his behavior. Wow. He just sat cross-legged on the floor and pet the dog. And that stayed for about seven months and has not returned. But if he does misbehave, because children do, um, you know, behavior is not your child. It's simply a form of communication. But then Michelle runs the game at home. She has a chart now. And so she just runs the game for both her kids. And, and it's great. For people that have a challenge accessing their emotions we're not really thinking of it in that way we can we can ask them well what ha what is the feeling inside your body just close your eyes and is there a color is there a shape is there a texture is there a temperature is there a density can you can you lift it out of your body and take your index finger and draw around the outside perimeter is the perimeter smooth or is it rough? Does light go through it? And, and this is a beautiful thing for people that, um, you know, talk about manifestation because this is how we manifest. We create the real today. Right. So we're living how it's what, it's what we talk about in terms of feeling the feeling right now. Yes. Seeing it seeing it in your mind's eye, the whole visualization process, and then having yourself not wait until it's actually occurring in your life, but feeling it right now. If you create it real today, mm -hmm. so in this case, we're talking about an, an unhappy emotion. The process for manifestation, discovering and creating manifestation is the same mm -hmm. as the process that I'm doing for people to discover what this feeling feels like inside their body. So the, the cool thing about manifestation, so different from an affirmation, which is mm -hmm. a little bit of wishful thinking, it does have, you know, something that we want, but in order to make that happen, we have to make it real. By making it real, by using our sensory expression, 
it actually becomes real within our mind. And once we believe that it's real in our mind, we move towards it. Right. That's right. very in line with, you know, t- a lot of uh, manifestation teachings that tell us our mind doesn't actually know the difference between what is real and what's not real. So you're, you're actually confirming that. Well, think about, have you ever, what, did you ever watch Jaws? You're a bit younger than me. So, but <laughs> like how many, you know what it is, I think the sh- it's about a shark and attacking. Yeah. So you hear the do, 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 do. And all of a sudden your heart starts to to race and you're, you know, you maybe start to sweat and possibly even pull your feet up onto the couch as you're watching a TV show. So we experience this when we watch a horror movie, right? We're having the experience from the safety of our couch. So yes, it's true that our subconscious brain does not recognize the difference between reality and fantasy. So we can use that as a powerful tool to create change today. And once we believe that it's true inside our mind, we will naturally move towards it. The choices that we make will follow because we already think that we're there. Wow. So it's a very cool thing. I mean, think of the limitlessness of it. That's what I, the the word that immediately popped in my mind was hope. Um, you know, for people that I feel like this sounds like an amazing tool and process process or practice for people that have trauma, like to be able to, to disconnect, you know, whatever is there. I mean, you can explain it better than I can, but to be able like to have ourselves not be triggered by the memory of the traumatic experience or experience sounds incredibly hopeful for you to bring in more life bring in, you know, happier life, more joy, more ease, and then to be able to manifest things because we're always manifesting. Um, that's the whole piece about knowing what's occurring in our minds. But we're, but it sounds like NLP could essentially rewire or unwire the triggering experience or the trauma that occurred. It can. I've, I've seen it work for, you know, serious trauma. People that have you know, gone through life and death situations, uh, sexual abuse. I don't believe that we were meant, that we were wired to hang on to unhappiness, to hang on to trauma. It has been something that we've maybe unlearned. Like if you look at the animal kingdom, I always say this, you know, look at if your dog gets upset, they shake. Right. If you see an animal on the side of the road that's been startled, they shake, they, they, they shake it off, right? <laughs> it's, it's become unpopular because it's socially awkward. <laughs> well, we, you know, you can move like one of the things I know I teach is when you have like stuck energy to get up and start moving around, like to get your body moving and releasing. So it's, it makes sense. Yeah. So there's ways for us to work through it, but quite often, you know, we, put it in the closet from even for my uh you know my plane crash I never told a soul for 25 years oh wow I thought I don't know why I thought maybe I'm maybe I'll get in trouble maybe I did something you know that maybe I shouldn't have done I don't know what it was but I never said a word till maybe about four years ago five years ago and now I realize the powerfulness of that 
whole experience within my life. It's really created the trajectory for, you know, all of the mind power exercises, my mind body medicine, the homeopathy, the neurolinguistics programming was really a result of that experience and trying to learn the power of the mind. How do I access that today? So, you know, if we have other experiences in our past that are not moving us forward, but are keeping us from moving forward, you can, you can see the either power or the, you know, you're unplugging your power by allowing that trauma to remain. And, and what I've learned through NLP is that, and we know the practice of gratitude, right? Practice of gratitude, compassion, empathy. These are ways for us to move forward. And even when we have an experience that we would have never wished for ourselves, would never ever want to have that happen to anybody else. There is a way to release it and how we release it is by finding the positive takeaway. So when you're, when you've been abused, when you have, you know, had a obstacle in your life that was damaging in some way, we can go back in and around that event and find all of the value that came out of that. For example, someone that's been abused, they will never allow that to happen to them again. They've learned how to be safe in their world. Uh, They have become stronger. They've become more empathetic. They've become more caring. They've become, they've, they've gained all of these life skills through this difficult event. Once we recognize that within the mind, again, it changes our physiology. When we're in a state of seeing the event, we feel a certain way. But then I ask you to refocus and give me the positive takeaway. Again, once we move into positive thinking, we've moved into positive physiology. Gotcha. So positive thoughts are on the right side of physiology. Negativity is on the negative side. Stress, hormones, and chemicals flushing through our body. So once we've moved to the positive physiology, we've altered that neural pathway. Okay. And then we can take those life skills forward into our future. And for however it works within the mind, I know it's got... It has to do with the physiology, but that trauma is resolved. It's been laid to rest so that it doesn't impact them as much. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. It sounds amazing. So what it made me think about was, and this I'm going to try to ask in the most sensitive way possible, is... um, maybe listeners or people that have friends and family that suffer from mental illness, um, you know, even like depression and anxiety, how effective is NLP with dealing with those, with those challenges? Well, I have had experience with quite a lot of anxiety, a bit of depression. 
there are definitely tools to move somebody through depression. Okay. It takes time because there's a, there are, there are habits, but there's also, there could be a chemical imbalance right. in the body. Right. That's what so, I was thinking about. Yeah. yeah. So and, unless you have the whole story, I wouldn't want to say, you know, it's a hundred percent, but it had, it's definitely a positive tool that's available to anybody that's suffering from that anxiety uh, have had tremendous results from that and where I want people to understand the difference between NLP everything outside of our skin <laughs> the whole universe is an experience and you often hear people when they are upset they're like this is not my life this is not my life <laughs> and you're like Yes, this is not your life. This is simply experiences that will change over time. Mm. This is your outer experience. This is your life. Right. This is our life. So when we work with ourselves inside our minds and our bodies, we create the ability for us to engage with our outer experience by responding rather than reacting. Hmm. Reacting is the emotional baggage that we carry. So once we learn our inner experience and strengthen that core through our core values, for example, my number one core value is integrity. So when I live with an integrity, I re engage with my outer experience flowing through integrity okay. not to say that i don't have my moments right right we all do we're human we all do <laughs> but the intention is that if i live within my core values which is not a restriction it's a freedom that makes me feel good <laughs> then my outer experience becomes uh, more under my control. When I react to whatever's happening today and I flow within that, then I kind of give my power away. Mm. I'm no longer in my autonomy, in my power, in my purpose, in my wisdom. I am sort of like a pinball <laughs> bouncing off events that. that's a really good visual that are happening in my life which is not pretty right 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 it's almost like you're not the captain of the ship but i really like how you were saying the things that are outside of us um, it reminds me of my mindfulness teachings around making sure that we are operating kind of as the watcher and that's kind of where our power is and being able to see that those things, even our thoughts are not, they're not us. And how you said our experiences can change over time. That is, that's so, so powerful. And that's so in line with, I feel like with mindfulness, mindfulness teachings. And our experience is different when we respond rather than react. Totally. We can explain, you know, with siblings growing up in the same house, quite often our experience of growing up can be quite different from our sisters, our brothers, or, you know, and they go like, where did you grow up? <laughs> <laughs> right, same house. I was, I was in the bedroom next door, <laughs> you know? But, 
everyone's experience is different based on their inner how they inner filters like what you were saying their inner filters all the other experiences that they, that they've had that now you know color or clog that filter Ooh. so that's that's pretty i have i have one kind of burning question and i've i it, it stems from something i heard from someone about nlp and what is the difference between nlp and like hypnosis okay so anlp which i'm a that is my designation has got a bit of hypnosis in it okay we recognize that the brain is susceptible to suggestion when we're in a certain brain wave and we all enter this brain wave just before we drop off to sleep and when we wake up so it's natural and children are in it all day long. That's why they download. Right? They're in download. They hear a word. It's like, duh, 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 duh. Yes, yes. you know, repeat, 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 get it perfect. Perfect. Move on to the next word. So they're in that brainwave of the power, the subconscious mind. Very, very cool. So we do bring people into a state of mindfulness when we're doing NLP, because we recognize the importance of having this brainwave being present so you do it when you when you meditate right you do it when you when you practice gratitude when you practice compassion empathy an act of kindness we are in this brain wave naturally so nothing to be afraid of hypnosis is a deeper state there's what we call an induction and induction often is it could be like an image of you walking down a stairs. So taking you down, taking you down, and we move down and we use words that mean lower and deeper. And that naturally winds us into a deeper state of inner calm, entering this brainwave. When you're in hypnosis, you can never be told that, you can do something that you're not willing to do. Okay. That is a wives tale that you are going to, you know, cluck like a chicken or, you know, see people up on stage for some Houdini act and they're doing crazy things. They would not do that unless they actually gave their mind permission mm. to do that. So the subconscious mind is still able, like as even you said, the subconscious mind is always able to access their choice. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. So yes, NLP does use a bit of hypnotic tools for positive purpose of creating change in someone's life. No, that's very powerful. And we, and we think about, it's, it's honestly no different, as you were saying, um, about using certain words, magic words, you know, finding out all the stories. Um, it sounds like how when I work with clients, essentially, we're trying to rewrite the track. So we're almost essentially trying to do similar things, all not, although not at that depth and that level, of, but similarly trying to hypnotize ourselves into the way that we want to see and feel and be and operate in our lives to return to that point of power. So I think it's really great that 
it's been explained. So I think once people are aware, because of course some people are, you know, scared of hypnosis because more so of movies and, and silly things and magic acts kind of, kind of, of that vein. But when we think about, um, I really feel like lots of personal development, it does essentially come down to magnetizing and hypnotizing ourselves into thinking better thoughts that over time build on themselves and develop like new mindsets and new ways of thinking and believing that can shift our lives. So to me, it seems like a very powerful tool. I believe that it's one of the most powerful tools out there at this time in the universe. It's, it seems to me from my experience and what I have seen to be true, know to be true, that change can come about in a quicker, non-painful, long-lasting uh, experience. And yeah, I, so far I haven't found anything else that quite matches that. And it sounds quicker, quite honestly, um, than years perhaps of therapy where people are just talking about situations that occurred. I mean, maybe, you know, having a counselor on hand or a therapist as you're doing some of the work, potentially, if you're, you know, reactivating some of these things, but it sounds like you could move through a lot of the things that people spend years upon years in therapy in, you know, not even half the time, like way less time, like a lot shorter period. It, it seems that way to me as well. I'm not saying that it's a, uh, you know, a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time, right? People still have free will. So we, you know, we ask permission for them. We ask permission for their conscious mind. We ask permission for their subconscious mind for change to, to take place. Some people are attached to their pain. Mm. Some people, they, they get, they get something from being in a situation. Right. right. So if that was to change, what would then happen within their lives? So there can be a fear of, you know, losing something. So we need to understand it on a little bit of a deeper process. You know, quite often, if you, for example, here's a, here's a weight loss one. Someone comes and we see weight loss as a huge issue in our society and culture and someone has the desire to lose weight, but quite often, you know, that new year's resolution, those types <laughs> are lost in the translation. Right. But say, say this woman who's, you know, a few hundred pounds overweight comes and she does really, really well. And then, all of a sudden she stops coming and you ask why. And she said, well, my husband's afraid that if I get thin, that I might leave him, oh, wow. that I won't find him attractive or that other men are going to find me too attractive and he's feeling vulnerable. Right? So we, we understand that below the surface, there is a much deeper story. So when we're, when we're sort of clearing if you, if you think about clearing the land and you're just taking the top layer of grass off, 
all of the surface below is still part of the story. Right. So sometimes we need to discover more what's inside of there before we can resolve. If something isn't moving, then we're probably not in the right arena. Right. Yeah. Wow, this has been so powerful. Um, I am, I have so enjoyed this conversation because I think, you know, obviously there's a, such a big mindfulness piece, but I think in terms of the, of the people that are really interested in manifestation, it's also there as well in terms of knowing and understanding how our mind works and our subconscious. But also for the listeners, I think that have certain challenges that feel intractable or, you know, they're, they've run out of hope, they've been in therapy or, or whatever it is, that here's another resource in order for really profound healing and transformation, which really makes me, I'm so excited about it. Like, I'm, I'm really so thankful that you came on the show, Adele, to share your wisdom and I am encouraging everyone who's listening to get in touch with Adele. If you are interested in learning more about NLP, you know, her website is lifecoachadele.com and information on how to reach her will definitely be in the show notes. But I really want to thank you, Adele, for coming on and sharing from your heart about, you know, your own experiences from, you know, from your business experiences to your near death experience and how that has shaped you as well as all of your NLP teachings. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. I was thrilled when I saw your note pop up on, and of course, Michelle connected us. Yes. So amazing at that. And I just, yeah, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to get the message out there. I'm grateful to share. So thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much. And thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Mind Soulful Show where we're helping you love yourself greater, deeper, fuller, as well as a life you're presently living. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes and subscribe. I'd love to continue the Mind Soulful Flow. Please connect with me at my website at brooksitney.com or everywhere around the web, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at thebrooksitney. And for my lady listeners who need a little self-love and self-care time, as well as luxury, pampering, and yoga and meditation, I invite you to join me at the Mind Soulful Self-Love Yoga and Meditation Retreat, which will be held in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico on October 11th through the 14th, 2019. Visit brooksitney.com for more information. And of course, for those of you who know you want more inner and outer abundance, apply to work with me. That information is available on my website. Until the next episode, cheers to loving yourself more and the life you are presently living.